Hello everyone and welcome to Friends Till the End, your helpful episode-by-episode episode guide into the world of Friends, that classic sitcom from the 1990s and 2000s, I'll have you know. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. I'm joined by my other host and sometimes friend, but currently we're enemies, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Michael. How are things with you? Fine. Thank you for asking. All right. Let's just plaster on a fake smile and plow through this shit one more time. We <laughs> have just finished watching season one, episode eight of Friends, the one where Nana dies twice, which first premiered back in November 10th, 1994 on NBC. Elizabeth, we started this fun little game last time. Um, where we're doing a higher lower with the ratings. Yes. So the last episode we did, the one with the blackout, had 23.5 million viewers. Do you think the one where Nana dies twice did higher or lower than that? Mm. That's tough, because I feel like after the last episode, people would want to keep watching. Mm. But if it wasn't as advertised as well, mm. because the whole blackout thing. Mm. But maybe they told friends. Mm. Friends, Elizabeth. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'd say less. Less, indeed. 21.1 yeah? yes. million. So oh, almost man. two and a half million less. That's that's a lot. It Well, 21.1 is still a lot, is <laughs> well, it not? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Following on from last episode, we talked about how the word friends apparently appears in every episode. Did you pick up on it in this one? Oh, no. Neither did I. God, we're going to have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> no. We can only assume that the word friend popped up uh, somewhere in there. It had to have. Probably. Well, we'll go through the episode beat by beat and we'll see. Maybe maybe it will jog our memories. All right. That sounds good. Okay. So the episode begins uh, in a new setting again, taking us away. Normally, we, we begin in Central Perk, as we've talked about, and it begins with the friends kind of sitting, shooting the shit, talking about stuff. Uh, but here we begin in Chandler's office. Yeah, that in was a, in random. In like the break room yeah. or something. So yeah, they're beginning it here. Here I think they're trying to get away from that trope. They probably established the fact that they, they're friends and they talk about stuff. And now they, they're trying to just forward the narrative a little bit. And, and Chandler has his own little subplot for the episode today. Uh, Chandler's mm. in his office. A female co-worker comes in. She says, Chandler, I want to set you up with somebody. Chandler's like... Oh, okay. Tell me about them. And she's like, you'll love him. He's great. He's awesome. Uh, and then it's revealed that this woman thinks that Chandler is gay. And as we've all... And as we've already established with um, Ross and his, his ex-wife um, being a lesbian, friends like to harvest a lot of comedy out of, um, out of homosexual humor. So this is something that is kind of leaned on quite heavily throughout the episode. Mm. Do you think... By today's standards, it's um, insensitive. I mean, some of the things they say that why someone would be gay or how that would make them gay is pretty stereotypical, I think. I mean, if someone has good sense of fashion or appreciation for fashion doesn't mean they're gay. Yeah, at one point they sort of comment, yes, Chandler, you have homosexual hair, which I think is almost like a sort of tongue-in-cheek... Yeah, well, it's a tongue-in-cheek yeah. line. But it's funny, like, it's just... They seem to be garnering a lot of comedy just in the suggestion that someone might be gay, mm -hmm. which, you know, by today's standards, you know, if you look at something like Modern Family, where there's just two gay dads that raise a family, and there's comedy within that, but... But the fact the that comedy, they're gay yeah, isn't... Yeah, the fact that they're funny. gay is not the joke, yeah. it's, it's the situations that arise from that, but here they're just 
all you have to do is mention Ross's lesbian wife and you get massive laughter from the fans. Right. It's funny. Well, it means a different time. It is, yeah. 94. I'm not trying to be judgy. You know, it's over 20 years ago. I'm not trying to be overly critical of it. Obviously, we have thankfully come a long way. But it is funny going back with that. I mean, if you think about it, they're not saying anything is wrong with that. I mean, they have a... A character. Oh, now you're going into Seinfeld territory. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that they have a significant character's ex-wife as being gay and having it be no problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it could be a show where it would be frowned upon or something. So they're not doing that, but they are, I feel like, taking the piss a bit. Yeah, well, they're, they're certainly mining it for all it's worth yes. with, um, with cheap laughs. So you know, it- I, I would just want to point out that, because, as we mentioned Earlier on, I have seen the whole first season, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember things about them because it was a while ago, but I don't remember this episode at all. Not at all. Yeah, you were saying... I'm not sure if if somehow there was a glitch and I skipped over it, but I don't remember this one at all, so this one was really, really new for me. This one kind of is almost a standalone. It kind of doesn't really... It exists almost in its own bubble in terms of storyline. It kind of doesn't really reference too much of what's come before it doesn't really mm-hmm. for you know i think every sitcom kind of has an overlining arc um throughout the season i think the storyline here is kind of the the growing relationship between ross and his feelings for rachel and this this, this show doesn't really dwell on that very much at all it does rachel is still dating paolo paolo's in the picture but he's in rome he's off he's not present he makes a phone call and he sends her shoes but it kind of it doesn't forward any other kind of overlying plot. It's kind yeah. of it's a it's a different episode. It's something a little bit. It, it's got more depth to it. I think it's a, it's quite mm-hmm. a bittersweet episode. Actually, there's it some is. really like tender um, moments in it. Mm-hmm. I would say, which we'll, which we'll delve into. So anyway, we go we get we get into the episode. They're sitting in the apartment. Chandler is kind of retelling the the incident that occurred where a, a coworker mistaken him for being gay. Uh, he asks his friends, his chums, the Central Perk gang, if if they ever thought that about him. The the, the boys don't seem to have, have, have thought that at all. But all the all the ladies were like, yeah, yeah, I thought I could have, you could have been, you could have been. And when pressed about it, they say he he has a quality. A quality. He has a quality. Yes. Which which I guess is painting it in a positive light. You know, you have a quality that makes you appear homosexual. But I mean, he says it in the episode. He says that is so vague, and it is. What does that mean? A quality? Why do you think he's so offended? By the fact that people think he's gay. Mm. That's just nineties, isn't it? Could be, or maybe because he's not. Mm. I'm not sure. It could just be the time. It could just be his personality. Maybe growing up, it wasn't okay to be gay. Or we don't know his family and his home life, you know? Mm. So so I don't know. But I feel like a lot of men might take offense to someone thinking that they're gay. Because in our society, men try to be so macho and try to, you know, look a certain way. And mm-hmm. if, if you're slightly effeminate, you're just assumed that you're gay. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. So even though, obviously, we've come a long way from 1994, eh, there's still... Have you ever been mistaken for being gay? I have. I have. Yep. In high school, um, by a professor. Well, not a professor, I guess that's what I'm used to saying. A teacher. It was very awkward. Mm -hmm. Really, really awkward because of the way I dressed. (laughs) What? Really? You didn't just have a quality? Nope. I didn't have a quality. I had a fashion sense that apparently... That's way more offensive. Yeah, it was it was really strange. It was really strange. It was a, a drama teacher, 
he thought I was gay because the way I dressed, I guess, made me look like a someone who I don't know was a lesbian. How maybe? were you I'm dressing? Not, um, very comfortably. I was at rehearsal, so I would usually wear like a throw-on, like a pair of sweatpants, maybe like a t-shirt. Um, I didn't think that showed any sort of form of sexuality. I was just, rehearsals were like three or four hours long. I just wanted to be comfortable. It's kind of getting <laughs> late at night, you know? Yeah. So, right. but he, he strangely came up to me one day and was just jokingly saying, you know, it's okay. It's okay for you to come out. Like, very awkwardly. A teacher said that to you? And he's a gay man. That's not cool. He was a gay man. Ah, but even so I think still. he was trying to be like, buddy, buddy. Mm. I was like, what are you, you talking about? You gotta let people find their own, come to that decision themselves. But to be honest, it's become a running joke with one of my brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. In case, if I wear something really baggy and big, he'll be like, you know, Elizabeth, it's okay. It's okay if you're a lesbian. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. So Have th- you? Have I? I'm sure it's happened. I, yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it probably has. I don't remember a specific incident, but yeah. yeah well, then I'm, how do you know? I just have vague recollections of, of people perhaps thinking. So anyway, they're kind of shooting the shit in the apartment, and then that that this playful banter is kind of interrupted when Monica receives a phone call from one of her parents. They have bad news. Um, something's wrong with their nana. Yeah, so Cut. they go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Cut to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the news isn't good. Apparently, they're just kind of waiting for the inevitable. Yeah. Uh, Nana is uh, not in good, not in a good place. Uh, we do get reintroduced to Judy and Jack, Monica and Ross's parents, who we met a couple of episodes back. Mm-hmm. In that episode, we were. It was established that Judy is very critical of Monica. Oh, very, yes. very critical of everything she does. You know, the way she dresses, the way she looks, the way she acts. Very critical, and that is something that is picked up in this episode as well. Uh, you were slightly confused. You thought it was a different actress. You thought it was two mm-hmm. different. You, d- you didn't recognize Elliot Gould or um, uh, Pamela Pickles or some... Angela Pickles, I believe, is the name of the actor. For... No, I didn't recognize them. I think I started to recognize the father at the end because he, I feel like he had more to say and mm. more to do in this episode. But no, I, I thought they were just both very subdued. and Maybe it was the nature of what was going on in the episode, but I don't know. I didn't think they were very good actors for some reason. Elliot Gould is a very good actor indeed. I mean, I don't know. There was maybe, just something about it. Maybe not a sitcom actor. Maybe not hmm. used to that style as much, but he's a, he's a very fine actor indeed, Elliot Gould. I mean, he, he said a line in this episode that made me laugh out loud. So I'd well, say we'll that's get to for that. The win. that. Yeah, that's my favorite line. Elliot Gould for the win. Yeah. So it cuts, as we say, this... This episode kind of reveals a bit more depth to the writing. They kind of touch on more serious things. It can't, you know, always be about lesbian ex-wives and ditching dentists at the altar. This this <laughs> tackles some of the the more serious issues in life. Yes. Um, they are essentially just sitting sitting around in this hospital waiting room, waiting for news that their grandmother has passed, and it leads to a really sweet scene between Ross and Monica and the two parents, where they're they're sitting and they're reminiscing. I think Ross is is talking about what he remembers about Nana and what what he'll think of when he when he thinks of his Nana, and you had a really nice observation about the way that they were sitting. Yeah, it was the women were sitting the same and the mm-hmm. men were sitting the same. Men had their arms crossed, one leg up. The women had their legs crossed with their hands in their lap. And I, I mean, I assume it was intentional because they must have been their family been. members. Yeah, no, I, I think I never noticed kind of it to show like oh. You're more like your parents than you think, no matter how much you might not want to be. So subtle, though, because I must have seen that episode 
at least five times mm-hmm. and absolutely never and I suppose I was never looking at it in a particularly critical eye but it, uh, must have been intentional and really sweet yes. really really adds to it and, and goes certainly into the theme uh, maybe not so much in this episode with Ross and his dad but certainly with Monica and her mother Judy as, yes. as we go along they get the bad news mm-hmm. uh, Nana has sadly passed away Ross and Monica go in to say goodbye uh, they, they go to kiss the dead body uh, just to say goodbye. Uh, you, you at this point asked me the question: Would I kiss a dead body? Would mm-hmm. you? Would you kiss a dead body? I'm not sure. No, not I sure. Know. I think it, if it fresh in the moment, I think I probably would. I don't think there's really a problem with it. I guess. I guess it depends on who it was. Recently depart. Well, yeah. If it's your nan, I think you you probably would. I suppose it depends. But anyway, they they kind of take this this. Um, tender moment, this sad moment, and they, they play up for big laughs because uh, Monica kisses her nan goodbye and then Ross leans in for a kiss as well and she kind of lurches up and, and, and tries to give him a hug or something. Um, which, it's like she was startled. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it gives it certainly startles startles us as an audience member and it gets a big laugh out of the laugh track and then, you know, they run about frantic and, you know, it leads to some... We're we're double checking if she's dead. We're not sure yet. We don't know. And then uh, it's later confirmed that yes, she has died, and that kind of leads into the big joke of the episode, the one where Nana dies twice. She did pass away. Um, they do confirm it. She is in fact passed away, as um, Monica and Ross tell their friends back at Central Park, uh, which... who are just you know all sitting there because apparently no one works. Well, you don't know. You don't know what day of the week it is. This isn't a Monday morning confirmed. Uh, this could be a know. Saturday afternoon. I just think it's crazy. I just have to point that out again, that it seems like none of them have jobs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't they... mean to be critical of the show because I know it's wonderful and so many people love it and it's classic and timeless. But as a newcomer, I guess I have to be critical if I'm doing a podcast about it. And I just think that in the real world, people nine to five-ish or whatever... They're they're not at the coffee shop. Did they spend around. as much time at that coffee shop as Ted Mosby and Barney spend in that bar and How I Met Your Mother? But going to a or I'm Fraser and Niles sitting to, in Cafe Nervosa. They never are there long. You're just like, okay, I have to go do this, and they get up and Fraser and How I Met Your Mother. It's implied that it's after work hours that they're at mm-hmm. at a bar. Okay, ah, fair enough. Um, continue, so yeah, continue. So anyway, it leads into like a, a kind of discussion. A couple of the, the Central Perk gang um, give their thoughts on on what happens when when you shuffle off this mortal coil. Phoebe's like in her traditional hippy dippy nonsense. She, she doesn't believe that anyone really dies. She believes her friends are like right here, and I'm gesturing off to the side. And well, I think she just has a question because we, you know, no one really knows. So I think she's just saying maybe we don't. Maybe we're all just right around. Mm-hmm. It's a nice thought it's for nice someone thought. who might be scared of yeah. nothingness. And then Joey kind of lays in with a little bit more bluntness where he's like, I, I don't believe in that. When you're dead, you're dead. You're worm food. Um, that's probably your approach, right? Your take on yeah, it? but you know, if, if if your friends have just lost a loved one, you, you probably don't yeah. lay in with that kind of Probably talk. show a little uh, sensitivity. A little bit of class. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of class. A, a bit of class that I dare say Joey doesn't quite possess. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Mm-hmm. So we kind of tr- um, transition into a couple of exchanges between Ross and Monica and their parents. Ross goes to their nana's house with his mum and who we can only assume is his aunt. And they're kind of going through her stuff and they're trying to look out clothes for the for the funeral. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Ross has to like climb over a bureau in a closet to kind of look for stuff. This actually led to probably my favorite Ross moment of the season so far while he's in there in that closet. I think like his kind of reactions to his his mum um, and aunt kind of debating what clothes they should wear and what clothes they should pick. He's kind of like frustrated and he's almost like acting like a shop teller being like, mm, I can see what we've got in the back. Yeah. I actually thought that was Ross's probably most human and, and funniest moment so far. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was good, right? Yeah, give yeah. him a solid C minus. <laughs> all right, well, that's, that's a, a huge <laughs> improvement. Elsewhere, back in Monica's apartment, she's chatting with old Elliot Gould, her dad Jack. Oh, yeah, that was good. Jack talks about wanting to be buried at sea. Yeah, so he could... Because he says it sounds fun. Yeah. So he could kind of stand out because he says his friends and people he knew would never expect it. Mm -hmm. And they'd say, oh, you know, I know Jack, Jack Geller. He was that kind of guy. And then they find out he's buried at sea and they just think twice about him. I just think that's great. It's funny that that's come up because we've just come away from... We're just back from a weekend away with a couple of our pals. Mm -hmm. And one of them was talking about how one of their friends would like their body to be dragged behind a boat for sharks to eat. And that's kind of getting buried at sea. I just... Kind of random. Well, kind of. I guess it's a burial in some way. Your carcass is lingering for the sharks to come feed upon what i would like to know and this is my um my challenge to our listeners this week i know we put out a couple of things last week and thank you to everyone that uh, tweeted in for that at friends podcast but this is another question i have which i i don't think you're going to be able to answer um because I, I and i certainly don't know the answer but can you just if you want to be buried at sea can you just rent a boat and sail out and dump a body in the ocean i'm not sure is i think okay? you'd have to have some sort of legal permit because it, you could have just killed that person and trying to hide it you know? <laughs> right yeah i mean there has to i be mean it's international of, waters it's I one mean, thing if it's um you know spreading ashes yeah but i think that you'd have to have some sort of yeah you have to like sign out the body and stuff I suppose. yeah yeah anyway if you know the answer to that if you are a, a, a maritime mortician perhaps you could get in touch <laughs> at friends pod uh, and, and let us know and fill us in on this uh Forgive our ignorance on this. So, yeah, they have that nice little discussion. Elliot Gould showing his uh, comedic chops in that. Back in the uh, Nana's apartment, Ross stumbles across her selection of Sweet and Low, which is this kind of odd eccentricity. She used to collect Sweet and Lows from restaurants he used to go to. <laughs> and there's a little moment where he finds her stash and it kind of rains down on him. And it's and, it, and it's kind of nice. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, kinda, it makes him yeah, nicer and appreciate her. Yeah, it's a nice observed moment. Um... We then cut to the funeral. Mm -hmm. um, Chandler comments on how everybody looks very nice. Everybody seems to think that that's a massively homosexual thing to say. Mm, just he points that out. Yeah. Well. But but I noticed everyone but Phoebe was wearing black, typical. And I'm wondering, why do people wear black to funerals? I don't know. Like, who decided black was the way to go instead of everyone morning. wearing blue? Or everyone wear white. I don't know. I don't know. At Friends Pod, if, if you know the answer to that, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. If I were to have a funeral, I would want everyone... <laughs> well, you're never going to die, though. Well, that's true, but I would want everyone to wear their favorite color. Or a color that they feel beautiful in. You know? All right. Like a rainbow. All right, Phoebe. No, no, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. Black is... It can be boring. Mm -hmm. It's the lack of color. Well, as you commented, everybody looked like they were dressed like Shaft. 
And I was very surprised that you knew who Shaft was. Well, they all had these sunglasses, and some of them were wearing trench coats. And they all looked, they, I think Chandler was right, I think they all looked really, really nice. But they just, it's like they all went shopping for sunglasses together, and one person found a pair, and everyone else was like, ooh, yeah, okay. How much are these? Like, everyone just went for the same one. So, I don't know, I just, I thought of Shaft. So they go to the funeral. Monica is criticized by her mother for various things. Oh, yes. Joey is sneaking in a portable television. A portable television in 1994. Here I we know. are with smartphones. Oh, fancy. In these days where you can, like, link up to your your um, cable account and watch football on your mobile phone. But he's, <laughs> Joey's he's got a portable TV and is watching a football game at a funeral. Uh, and Ross is walking through the graveyard. Um, and he slips and falls into a grave, producing an audible gasp from you when that uh. happened. You did not care for that. No, it's my worst nightmare. And his, he says, my my worst fear realized. Well, honestly, imagine. It's like being buried alive and no one can hear you scream and you're just suffocating under the weight. Oh, God. That's not what happened. He he fell in a hole. No, but with my anxiety, I just jumped to that. And he did too. His worst nightmare. Come on. So, uh, and, and that leads to him being given some pain medication. He takes four pain pills and he gets a little bit loopy and he. Starts telling people, ah, I love you, man. I love you, man. He tells Chandler, if you want to be gay, you be gay. And that ruins his chances with an attractive young lady. And then he he finds Rachel and goes, you know who I love the most? I love you. And that's the big moment. He reveals his feelings to Rachel, but Rachel doesn't take him seriously because he's all hopped up on loopy pills. Yeah, but doesn't she say, and I love you yeah, or something but she's like being, that? Yeah, but she's just being... Well, yeah, well, what are you supposed to think? Well, I'm surprised she doesn't realize it's real, but what are you, with someone's kind of under the influence of something, mm-hmm. you don't take them seriously. No, of course. Or do you? Well, I mean, the, the, the classic saying is, you know, when you're drunk, you just say what you mean. Drunk words are sober thoughts. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much for putting that way more eloquently than I could. No but problem. I think when you're when you're taking loopy pain meds, it's maybe something a little bit different. Yeah. But as we've established, Rachel is oblivious. And were you going to say Elizabeth? Yeah, I know. Oh my God, Our Elizabeth Freudian is oblivious. <laughs> Elsewhere, Monica has a heart to heart with her mom. That was nice. Yeah. That was really nice. Judy kind of reveals. Um, you know, she thought that the funeral went well, but her mom probably would have hated it because her mom was very critical. She uh, always had something to say about the way that she did things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, reflecting her relationship with her daughter. Yes. Which. Um, oh, so you know, Monica is saying, "Well, do you think that it would have been worth telling her how you mm-hmm. felt about how she treated you? Is it better that she knows or that she doesn't know?" Mm-hmm. And. Her mother says, oh, no, I wouldn't tell her. She shouldn't know. <laughs> well, that's the kind of comedic button on it. You think Monica is finally going to be like, well, Mom, you're kind of the way that way too. But then she's yeah. like, no, it's better to leave these things unsaid. But then you get a nice little moment where you think she's going to criticize her ears like she did earlier in the episode. But then she, she says, oh, those earrings are very lovely. And then she says, oh, they were yours. And then she goes, actually, no, they were your nanas. And so, like, yeah, that nice little circle. Mm-hmm. It was nice. nice. It was nice. And then we finish up in Central Perk. Um, They're looking over old photographs. They're laughing at Ross, dressing up like a lady. Uh, Apparently, we can't see these photographs. And then there's a picture, I guess, of the Nana at Java Joe's back in (laughs) 1939 or something, which was a coffee shop she used to hang out with with all her friends. 
back then, a cup of coffee cost you a nickel, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, yeah, she was, you know, 24, 25 years old mm-hmm. is what they say. Yeah. And it's implied that, of course, these people are 24, 25 years old, but that they're all sitting around a coffee shop <laughs> the, in their mid-20s. Well, at least back pals. in the 1930s, the, the women weren't allowed to work back then, so they would have an excuse for being at a it. coffee shop all mm-hmm. day. It was Monica, Phoebe, and Rachel's excuse. But then it leads to, oh, they look like really good friends, and then the camera kind of pans back, and they all kind of sit in silence, kind of nodding their head. It's <laughs> it, it went on slightly too long. Oh, way too long. Okay. It felt like a minute. It I was... thought Joey was going to say something. Like He, he kept shifting around. He's probably like, <laughs> so uncomfortable in this scene. It was a shame, because I thought, like, the episode had kind of hit all of those emotional moments really well up until that point. Mm-hmm. And then they tacked this bit on at the end to be like, well, in case you missed the point, <laughs> here is the heavy-handed schmaltz of this episode. You know, we're just all the same. We become our parents and everyone's all, like, lovey. And as long as you've got good friends and a good place to drink coffee, everything is going to be all right. It is my prediction that they'll have one of these types of episodes every so often. Okay. That's that's what I'm going for. Every eight episodes? I don't know, but every at least, probably with like three or four in between. Okay, fair enough. you got to have those more sentimental, slower, quieter mm-hmm. episodes here and there. And then to round off the whole episode, we have Chandler back in the office. He's talking to the guy that his co-worker had originally wanted to set him up with, Lowell. And Lowell is kind of like, oh, don't worry, you don't have a quality. We know all about it. It's it's fine. My people don't think that you have that quality. And then he's like, oh, I could get I could get a guy like Brian. Brian is apparently the office hunk. Um, <laughs> and then you know, as he's talking to himself, he sees Brian. And he's like, oh, hi, Brian. And and that kind of ends the episode, um, going out with a a little bit of comedy to to match the um, the emotional heft of the episode. Mm-hmm. And that's about it, really. We we did get another turtleneck sighting. Joey's oh. rocking a, an, a, an impressive red stripey yep, right at, at the beginning. Yeah, right at the beginning. So yeah, they're on a roll right now. I think the last three episodes we've seen a, some turtlenecks. Oh, at least. Uh, we don't have any relationships, so there's no would yous in this episode. So nope. we'll, we'll leave that alone. But were you all right with that one, Elizabeth? I actually thought, you know, we talked about the last episode where I thought there was a, a, a real increase in the quality. Um, do you think this episode kind of followed up on it? Yeah, I liked it, and it's to me. I'm I'm struggling to find who are the major characters. I know they're all supposed to be the main characters, but I I feel like Ross is the main man. I've said that before, and I'm trying to figure out if Rachel or Monica is the main female. To be honest, I, I feel like I have said that before, but I'm struggling to find if it's Monica or Rachel as the main females in this i don't think they're necessarily trying to like establish a pecking order i think everyone's equally important i think right now the narrative like every sitcom sitcoms are structured in a way where in theory you could start at any episode and be able to enjoy a standalone episode without having to watch them in order Uh but at the same time, they have like an overarching narrative throughout the season that you follow. You know, in How I Met Your Mother, it was season one, was Ted going to get together with Robin? By season four, it was like, are Barney and Robin going to get together? You know, the, Yeah, but and, the uh, same, at the same time, Phoebe and Joey and Chandler don't always have a lot to do, as you've pointed out. Yeah, but that's just the, that's just the nature of it right now. The, the main... The, the main plot that they're following throughout the season is Ross, is he going to tell Rachel that he's got feelings for her? Is yes. he going to get that date with Rachel? Uh, it's a real will they, won't they? It's a real Ross and Rachel relationship. Oh, boy. Um, 
that that's what they're focusing on right now. So yeah, it makes them seem more important. But okay. I, I, you know, but then we have this episode, as I said, which kind of exists separately from that, mm-hmm. where they're they're focusing on this other part. And this episode, I thought, had more emotional heft than than most episodes that we've watched. Um, was mm-hmm. it funnier than the last episode? I don't know. It did have that big laugh that we we didn't even talk about towards the end. Joey's watching his football game. Oh, at yeah. the funeral and everybody's in the corner kind of huddled around watching it with him by the end and mm-hmm. then uh, at the end of Monica and her mum's big big emotional conclusion the guys are all like oh no 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 and because something's gone bad in the game and old Jack Geller is like oh now I'm depressed <laughs> uh, which I thought was hilarious yeah, and, then it, and then you know there's a beat and he goes even more than I was yeah that's pretty funny this is mother-in-law you know classic mother-in-law humour um, so yeah, I, th- I thought there was some comedy to it, but just a, a really sweet, well-written episode, actually. I agree. One of the one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. I think we're on a roll. We've had two really good ones. I know you didn't like the last one as no, much as uh, I did. But... Here and there, you know. Okay. So what's next, Michael? Well, that makes me very excited for what we have next. Episode 9 in season 1. The one where Underdog gets away. Underdog. I faintly remember this. This is a... Underdog. This is, um... Uh, November 17th it's a Thanksgiving episode so Underdog might have something to do with the Macy's Thanksgiving parade but we'll hmm. we'll get to that we'll cross that bridge when we get to it I suppose uh, in the meantime thank you everyone for listening uh, as we mentioned earlier we do have our Twitter account up and running where we would love to hear from you for feedback on the show and just talking about your favourite friend stuff you can follow us on Twitter at friendspod if you want to do all that stuff and if you want to help support the show if you enjoy what we do and want to help us reach a wider audience um, please find us on iTunes where you can leave a 5 star review 4 star review whatever you want to do don't want to put words in your mouth Uh, but just write something nice about us that does help us um, reach a larger audience so we would definitely appreciate that as well alright Elizabeth alright Michael it's been a lot of fun Um, I guess I'll see you in a couple of weeks when we're going to watch another Friends episode All right. All right. You take care. I'm not going to see you until then. Cheerio. Okay. Bye. Bye.